So welcome to this episode of Lived Expertise is Greater Than Degrees podcast. I am so, so, so excited to have Lyric on this episode. You probably already know Lyric because they are an epic advocate on social media. If you have heard of the Neurodivergent Rebel, you've come to the right place. And if you haven't, you are definitely going to want to follow them because they are a fantastic resource. So Lyric, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I am honored to be here. It's so good to be here with you today. Oh, yay. Well, I am brand new at podcasting, but I know you've probably been a guest a lot of times. A few. Well, yeah, (laughs) but it's okay. You're doing great. I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have known you were new if you hadn't told me. Well, I, I'm glad I'm giving off an air of expertise. Um, but actually, the whole point of this podcast is to debunk that I have any expertise at all. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm an occupational therapist. I'm working on a doctorate in education. I'm getting those letters after my name. And what I have learned in that process is that credentials definitely do not mean someone is an expert or knowledgeable on any subject at all. And I wanted to know more about you and why you're here and what lived expertise and degrees uh, might mean to you. Oh my gosh, this is just perfect. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, so do, uh, yeah, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> so Did who you are you? To- yeah, let's, see. Well, let's, yeah start there. let's start with yeah. that. Okay. My name is Lyric, they, them. I am the neurodivergent rebel online, if you've heard of me before. Uh, and I am an autistic adult, but I didn't find out I was autistic until I was 29. I'm also ADHD, but didn't figure that out into my 30s. But the ADHD was much less of a shock because people know ADHD. So my whole life, people have seen me and gone, oh, you're so ADHD. And so when I got diagnosed, I was like, oh, yeah, it's true. Check, just kind of check mark, make it official. But the autism because even myself, like before finding out I was autistic, like we don't really understand or know what autism is unless we are exposed to it. And even if we're exposed to it, most people are only exposed to maybe one or two autistic people. So the preconceived idea of what autism is often doesn't fit. And so it never would have occurred to me that I was autistic because I didn't have that exposure to autistic people, even though I was definitely struggling with very autistic things you know, from my, you know, entire life, uh, just finally finding out like, oh, you're autistic. It was just like, oh, now it makes sense. It's like giving me that language to explain that experience. And that that's really a big part of who I am is figuring that out when I was 29 and then turning to the internet and going, what is wrong with the world? And starting that neurodivergent rebel blog. And that, that's where I've been for the last six years, <laughs> ranting on the internet. Oh my gosh, you're I would I don't know if I'd call them rants. I think <laughs> they are they have been so informative to me. I wish I was there six years ago when you started, but definitely over the past several years, I've learned so much from you. And you were an immediate like I can't wait to invite you to the podcast. I'm so glad you said yes. Um <laughs> I I think that's so interesting. I have a similar experience of yeah, that late diagnosis and just going like, oh, okay things make sense now. Um, but mine's just ADHD and nobody, nobody thought it of me until late. Um, 
But I'm 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 so glad you're here and I think it's really cool that you share your experience with people online because there's definitely a trend now in especially assigned female at birth folks getting those diagnoses later in life. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Let's should we just go into these questions? Yeah, <laughs> 20, yeah, yeah. 20 minutes will be quick. Um, but I have a couple questions that I like to ask all the guests um, to kind of get your take on things. But one of my first questions is what is the most important thing that you learned in school and how did you learn this lesson? Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of sad because I'm thinking the most important thing I learned in school was probably in elementary school, which means the rest of school from then on was almost an entire waste, like thinking about it, because I've learned so much since leaving school. I've learned way more since leaving school. But I think the most important thing I learned in school was context clues, just as a concept back in elementary school. Like as a neurodivergent person, especially with the auditory processing difficulties where, you know, sometimes people sound like the teacher from Charlie Brown when they're talking like that is not an exaggeration or like I'll hear, you know, only a few words in a sentence. Yeah. Or it's like, I'll hear the completely wrong word. And like, I always mishear everything constantly. And so having context clues to be able to like use that skill to like figure out what was actually said, because sometimes the things I think people said, I like so wrong. (laughs) so wrong uh so like that's just been like really helpful to me but you know then after that it was like I don't feel like anything else was like so groundbreaking for the next (laughs) you know rest of my school career I just know you have a teacher somewhere from your past that follows you and is like look at how they turned out and I'm so proud to have taught them and if they listen to this episode they'll be like oh (laughs) oh my gosh I don't know no, I, but I, I think a lot of my teachers, like I got on their nerves and I was like their trouble child. So I have a hard time imagining my teachers are like proud of me because like I was the child that was like, I'm pretty sure I drove like my high school math teacher to like quitting teaching the next year. Like I, I'm not sure if that wasn't me and one of my friends' fault. And we weren't trying to be difficult. You know, we really liked this teacher. This was our favorite math teacher. She's natural, naturally uh, <sighs> sending them into early retirement. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't mean to be difficult. I just had, I was, I had to know why about everything. And I, I well, I'm curious, yeah. which I think is a very, a very normal adolescent. Dem- adolescent. Very demand avoidant. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? I think when you're not learning anything that you think is relevant or interesting or helpful, yeah, why why wouldn't you try to avoid it? I totally agree with that. <laughs> and I think I think it hopefully um that that context clues thing has actually I can see how that actually would play a role on so a daily useful. basis. So I, I feel like I learned that back for those standardized tests. Exactly. I was put into a standardized testing like specials class I had to go to every day. And that was part of it. And they were trying to teach me phonics, which I phonics is not my thing. That will never be my thing. That's not how I read. But you know, it's like I had to learn that and phonics and like all of these like things. But like, actually, some of those lessons have kind of been useful, which is kind of funny. No, good to know. You know, process of elimination, because people are confusing. So I've got to like, like I use that all the time right which one is the more right answer what's the more more socially yeah. acceptable thing to do here no that is that is 
that is really interesting lyric. I think I would agree with that. I wouldn't have thought of context clues, but I think they've helped me along the way as well. So it's just something I use like every day. Yeah, right. Okay, good. Um, and so with context clues, you've learned a lot since in school and after school. And I, I did hear you say you've learned most helpful things since leaving school. And that is true for me as well. Um, and I'm curious, what is one of the most important things you've learned since school? You know, I think the most important thing I've learned since school is that I can teach myself things. Because when I was in school, an undiagnosed autistic ADHD who is only good at the things that caught their interest and is completely terrible at anything else, very stereotypically uneven skill sets. I just thought I was a terrible, incapable of learning person by the time I left school because nobody was teaching me the way I learned. And oh. so I thought I was the problem. I was like, oh, I can't learn. I'm, 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 I'm like not, not smart enough to learn anything. And then as an adult, I started to teach myself things I was interested in because now we're in that YouTube time where anything you want to learn, you can Google it. You can YouTube it. You can look it up. So you can teach yourself anything with the internet for free, just about with some exceptions. You know, I taught myself really dangerous aerial acrobatic silk streaks <laughs> with YouTube. Do not try this at home, you know, but you know, I'm just saying I, I was like, I can learn anything I want myself and I don't need anyone else. Like I can go look it up and access the information and learn it and study it. And like, I can just empower myself. And that felt really good because like, that was a mind shift for me from thinking I'm incapable of anything to I can do almost anything, maybe not anything. I thought I could do anything for a while and that didn't work out really well. That just ended up me getting really burnt out and really sick. So, but I yes. can do a lot of things I never thought possible. And so just learning that I'm capable of teaching myself things, that, that, that's power. That is power. That's like invaluable. <laughs> I Have you yeah. seen that? Um, there's a quote, like if, if we judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its whole life thinking it, it can't do, like can't do anything. That's one of my favorite quotes and I don't know the exact wording of it, but like I kind of like use that reference a lot because I'm like, hey, we're not scolding fish because they can't breathe on land and, or climb trees. Mm -hmm. And we're not getting mad at dogs because they can't breathe underwater. Like, why are we like expecting neurodivergent people to be neurotypical or pretend to be neurotypical or to mm -hmm. act in the neurotypical way? Like we literally wire differently. It makes no sense. It's completely illogical. It is completely illogical. And, and just like you were saying how um, teaching yourself, you, I, I I would challenge you probably can do almost anything. It's the time constraints and the energy levels and stuff. I mean, if you could teach yourself aerial yoga stunts from the internet, I think you are pretty unlimited. <laughs> I haven't tried that. I've taught myself how to like properly um, cut a pineapple. <laughs> oh, nice. That's something I've learned from the internet. Because I don't even want to cut a pineapple. I'm going to buy it pre-cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's choosing your battles, right? But, right, but yeah. being able to teach yourself is is huge. And also being able to measure your own value in 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 a way that fits you is yeah, it's it's a mind shift that can give you so much power back. Yeah. Well, I I see my value is if I'm growing and I'm doing better than I was yesterday, like that's that's the only value I want to see. It's like am I in competition with myself that that's it 
Yeah, I love that. Like a like a marathon runner. It's just you versus yourself. You know, you're yeah. Your own, set your own record. Exactly. It's got. I got blinders on. I don't got to worry about what anybody else is doing because I spent my whole life comparing myself to neurotypical people, and I was constantly running myself into the ground because it was an unfair expectation that I could, I could never reach. It was always just barely out of reach. And so now right. I'm like, it's just me. I'm doing better than yesterday. That's it. Yeah. No, I love that, especially as we're recording this in uh, the new year. I think a lot of like New Year's resolutions, new year, new me. I'm going to set 250 <laughs> goals for the next <laughs> 360. I pick one or two things that are sometimes small. Like one year it was like, I'm going to start catching myself negative self-talk and that was like the one thing for the year or one year it was yeah yeah it did and I'm I'm, I've gotten a lot better at that the next year it was like I'm gonna stop apologizing for things like that you shouldn't apologize for you're like okay if I step on somebody's toe I'm gonna apologize because I I messed up right (laughs) but like we apologize for existing practically sometimes I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry for taking up space and like right we don't need to apologize as often as many of us do. And I was one of those, like, I'm sorry for existing people. And so I was like, I need to not, you know, it's like, now I'm like, thank you for your patience. Thank you for waiting. I appreciate, you know, I thank you for your grace. You know, it's like, it it gave me a lot more thanks to give too. So it was like that side effect, which gratitude is kind of one of my things. So (laughs) gratitude's good. I mean, yeah, when we can get back to like a positive kind of reframe on stuff, it just, changes you you can't beat it and I I hope you never apologize for existing again because I'm so glad that you exist (laughs) (laughs) I hope nobody apologizes for existing well you know uh, yeah of course I think yeah that's that's the big thing that um I want to kind of talk about with this podcast is that everybody brings something unique to the table and I believe that pretty much everybody has good intentions and so how can we like work together to embrace everyone and welcome everyone and have compassion and you know celebrate everyone's individuality along the way i love it yes oh good see the rest of this podcast (laughs) no good no way i i have some awesome guests lined up i don't know what i can't wait it's gonna be great but yeah people that you've recommended people that i know i have some really cool um different types of people that I know that I've been lucky to come across in life and learn so much from. And so I just want to give them a, a chance to share it. And then I can post about it and say, look at all these cool people I got to talk to. So it's definitely selfishly motivated too. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you want to kind of leave our listeners with? Our listeners are mostly, I think, going to be like occupational therapists, PTs, SLPs, you know, all these sort of service providers who have been uh, trained to work with clients and to lead clients. And, you know, what what lesson do you want to send them? I think the most important thing you can do especially as a service provider because you've been filled with all of this knowledge and like book you know textbook examples of neurodivergent autistic people but a lot of that's very stereotypical I almost wouldn't have got asked about getting diagnosed as an autistic person if I had just seen the medical definitions of an autistic experience but when I went and experienced and listened to and heard 
firsthand autistic and neurodivergent experiences of what their life was like, then I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. But then I would go back to that medical book and I was like, that's not me. Like, for example, it would describe like all of the traits in a bad way. And a lot of the traits looking at myself, I don't see them as a good or a bad thing. They're simply part of who I am. So like, for example, hyperfocus. Yeah, it can be really destructive. It can take up all my time. It can damage my relationships because I'm focused on something I can't let go. Sometimes it's something completely unproductive and I can't let it go because my brain just won't stop. It's like an itch. I got to keep scratching it. But at the same time, it is my biggest, like maybe weakness, maybe, but it's also my biggest strength because that inability to let stuff go means there's a problem and problems stand out to me, which is also can be really hard because you're seeing all these problems all the time that can really be overwhelming. But I see a problem. I can't let it go. I, or I have a question and the, the word why pops up. And I can't let go until I understand why or I solve the problem. And I think that's how problems like that are really complex have been solved throughout human history, right? That someone couldn't let go of this problem that everyone else was not worrying about. And the person who couldn't let it go was the one who solved it. And so look at people and really like take that medical stuff and like, yeah, keep it in mind because it does have a, you know, a place it, it is useful information but look at the person like it's a human person and listen to their human experience the really important thing is to meet the individual person where they are because there's not a one-size-fits-all answer for any autistic person we've all got different life experiences different strengths different weaknesses different challenges different needs and different goals and like things we want to do in our lives and so without really understanding the human in front of you, not the label or the diagnosis or anything else. We're not understanding that human. Who, who, who is this person? What is their name? Who are they? What do they love? What makes them happy? What scares them? What really, you know, what is the, their personhood? Like that's where you need to meet your clients. And, you know, each and every single autistic neurodivergent person, that, that's going to be unique. It's going to be an individual. So like, don't forget that when you're looking at all these labels and seeing all of our similarities because we have a lot of similarities because the differences is really where our beauty lies. Oh my gosh, I'm getting misty over here. Oh. <laughs> that was such a beautiful description. Um, and I think it's gonna really be a, a standout part for a lot of listeners to think about, yeah, we're not, people aren't just their labels. They're not just that textbook paragraph it's like it's a person they're as complex as you everyone has the past present future and like how can we as the service providers you know make room for whoever they are and and see something like hyperfocus as both the both sometimes that challenge area when you get locked into something and you can't get out and but also the thing that you know is change making in a lot of ways oh Lyric, yeah. you are Awesome. I'm so glad oh, we got you. to chat. I wish this episode could be really long. I think well, we maybe after you go, go back with some of your other guests, I can come back. Yeah. And, and also because I know you have so much information online. Um, where else can people find you? 
I am very easy to find because I am everywhere. Uh, but the easiest place is my blog, neurodivergentrebel.com, because it has all the other links on it. But if you search for Neurodivergent Rebel on any social media platform, for the most part, I'm even on Mastodon now, and I have no idea how to use it. But like, I'm pretty much everywhere. So if you search for Neurodivergent Rebel, you're going to find me. All right, we'll go to the website and we'll figure out all the other links from there. <laughs> if we see green hair, we've come to the right place. <laughs> Fun. Thank you so much, Lyric. Um, thank you for sharing your time and your experience with us. And um, I look forward to following you and seeing everything else that you post and all your projects as time goes on. And also your roller skating videos. You really can't Aww. get enough of those. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I, I'm going to be following your podcast because I'm excited about some of those guests you've got coming up. I can't wait to to hear the rest of these episodes. This is going to be great. Oh, good. Well, I will definitely be posting about it when they come out, probably later in the spring. We're thinking of launching like April, which is, as you probably Perfect. know, Autism Acceptance Month, Occupational Therapy Month. We're keeping busy, so it, it will just go with the flow of uh, those sorts of conversations already. We need more good things in April. I love it. Yes, yes, we do. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> Thank you, Lyric. I'm going to stop you. recording now. <laughs>